Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we actually grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief, death, pain and agony, but with comedians. So it's not that depressing, I promise. It's bleak, but you'll laugh as well, which for me is a perfect night in. Each week on Griefcast, I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief, as we remember someone special that they have lost along the way. It's not easy to talk about death, but it does help if you've chosen a career designed to hide your true feelings about anything emotional. Whether it was long ago or you've just lost someone, Griefcast is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week I'm talking to Sarah Pasco. Sarah is a hugely successful stand-up and writer and also, as you may be able to tell, a close friend. She came to talk to me about her grandpa who passed away when she was a child. We are very old friends, so apologies when we go off topic or laugh about death a bit too much. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm joined today by Sarah Pascoe, comedian, actor, writer, anything else? End of sentence. End of sentence. <laughs> That's enough for any person. Um, hello, Sarah. Hello. Welcome to Griefcast, Sarah Pascoe. So on Griefcast, we talk about someone who is no longer here. Yes, a dead person. A dead person. <laughs> Whatever you like to call them. <laughs> Whatever you want to know them as. Spirit guide. Heaven inhabitant. Quite that. Heaven inhabitant, not a dead person. So yeah, we talk about dead people. Mm-hmm. That's it, really. Yeah. I was going to say, like, cities. Not, like, concepts like death of the author. <laughs> Can you imagine if I come on? Like, I want to talk about death of the author. <laughs> I'm a big... It's Roland Barthes, isn't it? I was just yes. about to say Roland Barthes. 
Favourite fact about Roland Bart? Oh, yeah. Killed by a milk cart. Roland Bart killed by a milk cart. That's how you remember? Yeah. Well, he was, was he really? Yeah, he was knocked over by a milk cart. Although, oh, um, what I eventually found out was that he was knocked over by a milk cart, but that isn't like what killed him. Oh, yeah. I think he was then The died. shame killed him. <laughs> <laughs> the embarrassment. He then died of his injuries. Oh. Yeah, my lecturer told me that. Oh. I, and I don't remember much about Death the Author, but I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Sarah and I study together so we can make jokes about post-structuralism. Yeah, and we do. <laughs> All the time. You wait for those jokes. So, who are we remembering today? Who today are we about? we're remembering my granddad. His name is Michael Newmarch. Michael Newmarch? That's a nice yes. name. Yeah, it's a nice Ooh. name. Thank you very much. That's all right. And um, he died a long time ago. I Most of the deaths that I have survived... Yeah, <laughs> you do lived, survive lived, them. ...lived on through, yeah. how, um, happened... Quite a long time ago. I right. don't really know. I have not been close to anyone who's died for a really long time. Oh, nice. Thank you. Good. Keep going with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I basically think I'm immortal, <laughs> so is everyone in touch. Tell me a bit more yes. about Michael Newmarch. Okay, so Michael Newmarch is important in my life for two reasons. He was important when he was alive because. So who is? Let's start. Oh, with so who is? He? So he's yeah. my mum's dad, and he was an old man when I was a child. Right. So I think he died when he was 70. So okay. he seemed really, really old. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But it's not actually that old. No, now. Now as we're nearing it ourselves. <laughs> he died when I was uh, 12. Just turned 12. But I thought he was like a BFG. Like oh, all long nice. ears yeah. and kind of cavey skin all deeply lined. And he, he loved to walk everywhere. And I guess he was quite well spoken. He was a writer so after he'd been a soldier in the war and then he'd written for the times and he'd been a journalist and he'd written a book on egyptology which he then threw in the fire oh i didn't think it was good enough he's definitely related to you yeah oh yes oh yes <laughs> that's the thing so and and so my mum and her sisters they all have versions of an artistic temperament but that was all via him and he even though i was very young he really wanted to teach me he'd take me to the british museum and teach me about the rosetta stone and he wanted me to understand ancient he taught you about the rosetta stone yes so his whole thing he used to i mean some of it i found really desperately boring because yeah. i liked um all of the hieroglyphs with animals in them oh of course yeah and but then he would try and actually tell me what things meant like this this is the symbol for food but actually that's beer and that's bread and that yeah. means and i would be like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, tell me about the eagle <laughs> Sometimes I would stay at their house on their own. I ran away from home twice um, when I was 10, 11 from Dagenham and got to Wimbledon. Where How they did you get from Dagenham to Wimbledon? District line, mate. The district, <laughs> the district line, mate. Fucking district line, that's how. Yeah, of course, I ran, ran away and the second time I'd had this horrible row with my mum. I think she'd slapped me around the face. And then I turned up and, and he said, if you're behaving this badly, why do you think I'd want you? <gasps> Oh. but he did let me come inside old school discipline yeah. oh yeah. Um, yeah I once got an apple taken off me because I chewed too loudly <laughs> he's so related to you yeah <laughs> you also don't like people chewing too loudly oh I can't bear it very recently it's become unbearable yeah no. I can barely be on public transport now so how did he become a writer do you know that I don't know how no like so he I was know, just a soldier then he just was then afterwards he just got a job at the time he must have been a, some kind of apprentice writer and also i have no idea how successful he is you know like in a family when something's kind of mythical and told and yeah. repeated about someone you never have any idea of like that was something they did twice yeah or if it actually was how they got their income yeah oh yeah i know yeah. what you mean and when did he write the book on egyptology do you know that so that was before he died <laughs> 
Well, that's wasn't handy. A, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't a, a ghostly uh, heaven, <laughs> heaven's inhabitant <laughs> library, <laughs> but it must have been when I was sort of nine or ten, okay. around then. Yeah, and then I think it was one of the very, one of the things my mum was very sad about that he didn't ever have confidence in himself oh. to actually show a publisher. I think he got rejected by one publisher, and then that was it. It was in the fire. And as we know from our career, one rejection is nothing, mate. It's no. basically a compliment. Yeah, you can't. What you got a rejection letter? That means they think you're good, so that you're worth rejecting properly. We only recently yeah. got rid of our rejection letters, didn't yeah. we? I've still got. You still got. I've some. still got some art I've made <laughs> from drama school rejections. I remember that art very clearly. It's oh. good art. Well, it's just some print stick and some letters. I didn't know how you could keep them. I was just like, these things because are poison. I knew one day we'd be here. That's how I. That's how I knew it was okay because that that was not the end. Yeah, you were much. More that was the funny blip. Even then, even then, you thought this is a great chapter for the memoir. Yeah, this is funny. definitely. That's what I found funny about writing my book is so many things were basically like an Alan Partridge, and I had the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I was like, yeah, I thought I was shit. Thank you. I'll take this letter. This mm. is definitely true. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I kept. No, I didn't keep any of them. I had to. I felt like they were poison. Like yes, I literally couldn't. But in touch a way, them. especially if you feel that way about them, yeah, then it can be. That you think, why am I holding on to this? I just couldn't negative- even. I always used to tell, well, both of us, <laughs> that um, our talent was too raw. Yeah, we used to say that a lot. Yeah, I too raw. That. I mean, because we, we're like a horse you can't break in. And they can see that, that we're untrainable. What did I say to Vanessa? Oh, we have a mutual friend, Vanessa. And I once said to you and her, like, we are outside of the box of theatre and they can't take that. Oh, well, I and think... And she laughed in my face. I think that's true. And I think we're still outside of the box of yeah, theatre. I think we still are. We're yeah. very much... Actually, we are still very much <laughs> outside of the box of theatre. In fact, we're next door to the comedy That's club. what they could see. Okay. Okay, let's go. talk about death more. Come let's on. Let's talk about death. Not just the death of our theatrical careers. <laughs> what is your first memory of him? Oh, well... He, oh, when I was very small. So I'm my parents' first child. Yeah. And my mum had me and she was 18. So I was a novelty. My mum's got a twin sister who was also 18. And I, I got a lot of attention when I was very small. And I lived with my granddad for the first two years of my life. Did you? Yeah, my mum and my dad lived in my granddad's house. Oh, wow. Because they had, my mum had been kicked out of her house and her mum and dad weren't together. Mm. So he used to do there's two things number one it must have been my third birthday so my first birthday not in his house he bought me a life-size poodle toy which was grey and so let's say a, a foot high yeah grey kind of curly fur and it looked just like a real dog like a big toy so it got given to me yeah but then Charlie who was a Jack Russell my mum's twins dog yeah then started having a fight with it so it looked like two dogs fighting <laughs> so I remember that brilliant he also used to do a thing and I thought he was mad because he would save me all of the little dairy milks out of Quality Street. You know, you get the little one that looks like a... a oh, yeah, them like a tiny dairy milk. Yeah. yeah. And he would say, give these to your dolls. And so he would always save them up. So whenever I saw him, as he was leaving, he would do it secretly. And he would say, like, these are for your dolls. And I would just be like, yeah, mate. Like, kind of in my head going, <laughs> he doesn't know that I've been eating them. He thinks dolls eat these. The dolls never ate the Bournevilles because oh, they were disgusting. They were disgusting. But... I would just eat them, but I remember like just thinking, like looking at him, like almost with like pity. <laughs> like, all right, yep, give him to the dolls. Isn't it sad how like when you're young, you, it's sweet, but you see yourself on the same level as a seventy-year-old man. So you're like, cool, dude. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I think right. that ego as a child, I think you see yourself as superior to everyone. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're the only one in your side, your head. Yeah, that's true. So yours is the only narrative that makes sense. I don't think I saw myself superior. I definitely, I had this big thing that I would say anything because mm. I honestly thought no one was listening to me. Did you? Yeah. yeah, and when people, I remember vaguely upsetting people and being like, I mean, you're not, li- why would you, no one listens to me, why are you listening yeah. to me? 
Oh, that's odd. Yeah, and I still have that now. Like I say things because I think yeah. no one, no one, no one's listening to what I'm saying. So I often I've noticed I'll say things and people are like, oh, oh, thanks very much. I'm like, what? Were you listening? I know, and it's not much of an apology for rudeness, is it? To go, it actually comes from a place of very low self confidence. <laughs> yeah, often. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. You felt you felt superior. Too. Oh, absolutely. I think I had. Um, <laughs> I I remember my mum saying so when funny. I was really young, "You think the whole world revolves around you." And inside my head, I was like, yep, I'm never going to be proved wrong. <laughs> I am the sun. That's the thing. She was like, the world revolves around the sun. I was like, me. Me. I'm the sun. That's incredible firstborn arrogance, I think. Yeah. Because I, so. I knew it was very clear the world definitely revolved more around my brother. Oh, yeah. Because, well, also because they're doing more stuff because they're older. Yes. So when you're second, you, that's why I thought no one was listening to me. Because mm. honestly, for 10 years, I don't think anyone did listen to yeah. me. Yeah. Or just someone else was just being louder and more distracted. Yeah. 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 So I think it makes you less you're more aware you're a moon you're definitely yeah. revolving around other people yeah. you're important and people are happy you're there why was he important to you of your adults around you what... because i thought unlike my parents he understood me and i think oh. a lot of people have that with their grandparents yeah, yeah. who they seem so much more reasonable they're not the person who shouts at you yeah. they're not the person who punishes you mm. so they seem they can feel like a confidant that's a person he also i think treated me like i was very intelligent yeah. which is a very wonderful experience for a young person yeah yeah isn't it but um when someone treats you as their equal mm. he also really loved cake oh. which i think was a big part of it <laughs> uh, so there's lots of so all of my family have got a sort of uh, sweet tooth mm. but all the stuff about my granddad is legendary like the time he ate a cheesecake for 18 people <laughs> Oh my god! Yes. Like real, Even like, I'm impressed by that. Yeah, like a real like deserty man. So imagine learning that when you were six, like yeah. oh, granddad <laughs> bought a, an industrial cheesecake, <laughs> just ate it all. And he had a um, plum tree in his garden, so he'd make plum pies and oh, plum jam and things. Yeah. And, and what was his wife and... like? Well, she's dead now, so let's talk openly. Um, <laughs> let's talk openly. So her name's Gaynor, not hey. Gainer. Gaynor. Yeah. I think she had a very sad life in a way my granddad had been married mm. had a daughter abandoned them never saw them again met my mum's mum got married had three children left her and then married Gaynor without telling anyone else a bit like how my dad got married without telling us oh my goodness he got married without telling anyone and Gaynor she, so she met him when he was a journalist and I think she was some kind of I think she wrote something to do with cooking or recipes in magazines so she was kind of that world as well and I think she's one of those people who's a very kind of interesting beauty socially right. and then actually life maybe didn't become as interesting as she wanted it to be yeah. so she was very nasty really really nasty oh, was she nasty to you guys? yeah so she was nasty to me and so I loved him and hated her but do you think it's funny now that did he know she was being nasty did he not stick up for you because you always I had the same thing with my yes, grandma and grandpa yeah. that you sighed you're like well she's horrible and he's brilliant and now yeah. as an adult I'm like why didn't he well, get involved more? So there's this one story where me and my mum, my auntie Julie and my sister, we all turned up at Grandad and Gaynor's house and she answered the door and she said, hello. And everyone kind of just walked into the house and then she said to me, that was very rude, I just said hello to you. And she shouted at me in front of everyone and then later on everyone said, oh, so sorry she said it to you, it was all of us. But no one said at the time... No one said at the time. Why did no one stick up for you? They're just too scared. Well, that, just well it's just scary. that moment, and it was, I think it was. Sort of, and then later on, she came out to me. And she said that it was no good being beautiful if you've got no manners. And so it was half a really great compliment because yeah, she was yeah. saying I was beautiful at the time. I definitely didn't feel beautiful, but also I didn't understand what I'd done wrong. 
also now though I think I can understand that because I can imagine going oh let the kid take it mm. like if the kid's yes. going to take it because yeah, we it. can't you do understand that horrible back. day we're not yeah. going to have to get back in the car and leave yeah. again after a row so let's yeah, yeah like oh, so yes. she said it to, to little Sarah yes. Sarah's confused doesn't really yeah. know why no. Great. but we got in the house yeah she won't remember this anyway she's <laughs> a child <laughs> yeah. she won't be talking about this in 35 years on a podcast <laughs> how did he die? lung cancer? Not great solid lung from cancer. smoking did he smoke a lot? do you remember him oh, smoking? yes there's so, like a cloud around him. Well, I always liked smoke when I was a child. Mm, yeah, it's I exciting. Mean, I, I still like it, but now. <laughs> both still like it. it. So both sides of my family are smoking families. Yeah. But my dad's side tends to be like emphysema. Right. They tend to be not much cancer on my dad's side. My mum's side, much more cancer. Cancer, yeah. Yeah, so I just uh, that awful thing where a smoker knows it's coming oh. as well. So he like was a little bit tired, started just walking slow. He's always walked really, really fast. He came to our house once and he was kind of out of breath. My mum was like, you've got cancer. He did have cancer and he had cancer for about 18 months. He had that thing where he was diagnosed as like, you're going to be dead very quickly, but oh, actually right. lasts about a year longer. And then I don't know how much we understood when he finally died. I was remembering this because I was on the way up here. We went, my dad lived in London at the time. So me and my sisters went, my mum said we couldn't be at the hospital anymore. So the mm. last thing, when, just before he died, was obviously that thing where you know someone's really, really wasted away, so they don't really look like them anymore. Yeah. He was in the hospital bed, very, very yellow skin as his liver was packing in, and really skinny, you know, and um, and we had to go, and I was really crying. And um, he, he said he'd come and watch me at football next week, and he said, don't worry, I'll be there like that. Aww. And then we went to my dad's house, and um, he went to the cake shop, and he got us all these amazing cream cakes with fruit on. Yeah. He waited until we all bit into them and then said, your granddad's dead. Why did he because, do that? And I know, and still to this day... He's ruined that cake for you. I'm, I'm a vegan, right? So there's <laughs> got to be something in there. Look, so exactly, so his thought was, I've got oh this terrible God. news. What I'll do is I'll wait until they've got cake in their mouth. He did it once when we were children. He came to pick us up from school and our cat, we'd only ever had one pet, he got run over. Yeah. And bought him in a black bin bag because he'd found him on the way to picking us up from oh school. God. So his cat was called Roly and he's in a black bin bag. And so he told us the cat was dead and then bought us all a lemon ice. So we kind of forgot about the cat being dead. Oh and then God. when we finished the lemon ices, we then started crying. He was like, you, you don't care, guys. If you can be distracted by an ice cream. <laughs> That's incredible parenting tactics to use yes. sugar uh, yes. only around death <laughs> yeah. like have but some it, sugar that was the thing it was like and you know because the minute I mean you know that, that kind of first well the, what I had this first wave of grief which was just completely nausea with my mouth full like oh, that's half, awful half chip, yeah like you don't want to swallow it you don't want to spit it out I mean that that is literally the worst but also but like, worst way to tell you crying and eating yeah. like, that's sad like oh, and you're sort mm, of it's there mm, so you mm. carry on because it's a very celebratory thing to do to eat that cake yes. so is that disrespectful to your granddad because mm. now you're having cream cakes do you know what it is a shame kids can't drink I mean, <laughs> you can't just pour a kid a whiskey and go granddad's gone granddad's gone <laughs> get used to this <laughs> Maybe that's what he was thinking. Like you just like it's like your equivalent yes, of uh, yeah. like have a little whiskey and tea. tea. You just do that instead. I think what your dad missed out there is like the huge capacity for a cup of tea. Yeah. Like the amount of deaths I've been around where just people just like just have a cup of tea. But isn't it amazing how amazing tea is oh, in those scenarios? Like, really hot, really strong, any kind of an emergency really. <clears throat> yeah. It yeah. sounds like such a silly thing to offer someone, no, but it's just the best thing. Having been around several people and mm. in houses that are dying, mm. I can't tell you like it's. I, I don't know if other countries have it, but like yeah. I feel so relieved. I've ever that moment when it's too awful to say anything. Yeah. Someone's literally dying in front of you. Anyone want a tea? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, yes, I will. Thank you. And it just, 
it saves the world. Yeah. It saves the world. Yeah. That's a terrible but way again, to find out. again, I think because we were children. Yeah. I don't know if I was drinking tea when I was 12. Can you remember, like, the, that moment afterwards very clearly? Do you remember, like, the next couple of weeks very clearly? Or was it kind of a blur? Well, I do, because I definitely remember, and I think this is very common in terms of a hierarchy of death. All I remember is that my auntie and uncle, this is weird. Yeah. My auntie and uncle are cousins. <laughs> Which is weird. I have that equally. Uh, yes, and um, they got together at my granddad's funeral. Oh my god! So they're both they first cousins, yeah. but they hadn't seen each other since they were children. Wow! And they're now they're still married and they've got children now. Uh, and they're okay. Everything's okay. Very bright children, actually. Oh, just okay. sometimes, yeah. You know, sometimes you just don't know. It's just a, it's just one of those luxuries. <laughs> <laughs> Some people come out a bit better. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Very good at the piano, the eldest. <laughs> very talented so I part of me maybe I can't remember the funeral maybe we did go there was definitely a discussion about it but what then happened afterwards I was very aware of my mum being very 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 sad Mm. and sometimes at night I remember lying in bed and feeling very sad but not having any words for what it was yeah yeah but then as I think I told you before so maybe like three weeks later something awful happened at school I was doing, and this is classic Pasco. <laughs> I played hockey, yeah, and which meant you had to take a hockey. I had a hockey stick. Oh, yeah, I'd you had to, to take carry this, it around yes. that pouch thing. Yeah. Well, sometimes I wouldn't. I'd leave it at someone's house. Oh, they were so expensive. But no, I hid it. In, oh. Like um, so, on the outside of their house, they had like a little <laughs> alcove. <laughs> And so I would just leave my hockey stick in there if I didn't want to carry it home and then I'd come get it. Anyway, the girl whose house it was and I fell out, about something unrelated, mm. and her mum found this hockey stick and brought it to the school and then I fought the girl because her, they really shouted at me and they said it's like parking your car on someone's drive. And I was like, well, how is it? It's a small stick. It's not like a it's car. It's not like doing that at all. It's irresponsible no. if someone's bought your hockey stick, you should look after it. And again, it. it's just that child I'd thing. I had that I, argument. I just didn't know. Yeah, I just didn't yeah. know that was really rude to like walk up someone's drive and put something of yours there. Yeah, think, I guess it's, it? it's a bit weird. It's weird. I think it's weird. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'd only been at that school for a few months. Anyway, I decided to fight this girl. And my mum was called up to the school. And my mum was just in floods of tears going, I'm so sorry, my father's died. Sarah's very angry at the moment. And the teacher was like, why didn't you tell us this has been happening? Oh, so good. Sarah didn't mention anything. And I was getting all of this sympathy. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, no, it's because she's a bitch. Like, it's because she's a little... <laughs> this has nothing yeah. to do with this. And I remember almost thinking like, oh, great, I got off with this. And then when we got to the car, I was hysterical in floods of tears. Yeah. But I, again, I, I didn't... I didn't understand any emotion. So I, I would never have known at that point to put two and two together and yeah. go, oh, the world doesn't make sense to me at the moment. Mm. So I'm leaving hockey sticks all over the place. Or and also choosing, like, with anger. being at a new school and thinking, oh, I'm going to fight someone over this, yeah. rather than like, oh, I'll just talk to that girl and figure it yes. out. Like, yeah, yeah. The I think... The, well, I never I, do that because I don't like being told off. <laughs> no, it's literally the worst thing that can happen to you is being told off. <laughs> As I know, through many different experiences, just don't tell her off. <laughs> specifically I think just forgive me (laughs) just forgive me without talking about it it's the real moral no that's interesting because I think the anger um, because my granny and granddad died when I was Mm. 14 and I think it is the first time that because you are removed so you you don't have the upset that your parent has so you know you're not as sad as they are. You're like, oh, they seem very sad. Yeah, but also it comes and goes. Did you yeah. find that? So actually, you can also completely forget about oh, yeah. it and be it euphoric back and have all this fun. And having very normal time. Yeah. And so that's the thing. So then when you do remember, I remember sometimes thinking like, it's too late. I've been fine for two days. Yeah. And now when I do want to be really sad, I have to pretend about it's about something else. I think it's the first complex emotion, yeah. like especially as a teen, like you know, yeah. hitting teenagers. So 
you because you're so used to just being like I'm sad because I got told mm. off yeah and then they they forgave me yeah <laughs> whereas this is like oh I'm sad but also I'm fine but also I'm angry and like yeah you've never had to deal with something as complex as that yeah and also you weren't you weren't close to them in such no. a strange way well, you were it. but you weren't I would also sometimes you know when you I mean I wouldn't have known the word psychopath but you know sometimes I go like I'm fine about it yeah I sit there and go I'd like look inside myself and go actually I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> and then I wouldn't be again that didn't make any sense to me that in one mood you can go yeah nope life goes on yeah I think that's it you don't understand that it's, it comes in waves mm. and that you you haven't processed it, processed it yet yeah. as well that's yeah. the thing I realised I remember I asked for um, a day off school because I yeah. felt I just felt like I didn't yeah. feel right my mum was like just go to fucking mm. school I can't deal with this mm. and then I started crying and then she was like oh Oh, you're upset. upset. And then, yeah. I, then I didn't. I was like, oh, I think I am upset, yeah. actually. But I didn't know either. Yeah. I just knew I didn't want to go to school. And, yes. I just, and she was like, you're being such a pain. So yeah, I have the opposite. Like, I liked... But maybe I didn't then. But I have, like, a drama queen thing. So with later relatives who died, mm. I very much wanted to go into school to oh, be like, yeah. this person's died. Because when my dad's dad died, he died on his funerals on the same day as a boy from our school who died of taking ecstasy. And that was, for me, like, double drama day. Like, <laughs> whose funeral do I go to? Oh I'm grieving God. twice now, once for the young, once for the old. <laughs> it's really hard for me. Yes, I mean, guys, guys, you guys... If you, you're just grieving for your friend. Imagine if also your family was being made apart. Yeah, you do not understand. Yeah. Yeah, I had a bit of that. Like, I definitely had a bit of... Like, I remember a boy, a very cool boy, came up mm. to me because our mums were friends and was like, mm. oh, I was really sorry to hear about your granny and granddad because they died yes. within two weeks of I each other. Know yeah your mum's mum my mum's parents yeah and he said i was really oh sorry about your granny and granddad and i remember like being like oh oh like thanks that's okay really yeah. sort of shocked and then i was just being like oh yeah the cool boy just spoke to <laughs> that's me that's what it feels like to be the son <laughs> that's how it feels everyone's all just coming time. up to you it yeah all the time yeah, yeah. i'm not used to that <laughs> but isn't it great just to have well i remember just but yeah. i felt so guilty mm. i felt so guilty about thinking that because there was a part of me that was yes. like oh that's exciting he just spoke to me yes. and the other part was like you shame on you yeah well that's shame it isn't it i think that thing is like for from for, for child grieving yeah it's tricky that is the awareness is you definitely know you have to be really really sad but you can't stop yourself feeling happy just like you can't stop yourself feeling sad at other yeah, times when you're supposed yeah. to be having a nice time so it is that that's the that's the complexity of it is going okay i am sad but in this moment i feel great or fine and or that you, was nice you or... also have no concept of what it means for someone not to be there because also i think oh, grandparents, missing someone you don't yeah. see them all the time so if someone's like they're gone you're like okay yeah. like sure we'll see them in three weeks time yeah. it's not until like six months later I think you start thinking oh yeah like I'll never get to see them yes. I think your brain just doesn't yeah. because you saw them once in a bit anyway yeah. I guess yeah because they're not a primary carer the homesick missing of a it's not the instantness the yeah, yeah like something in your house has definitely mm. changed unless of course they live with you did people understand did you feel like your friends understood or did you feel you didn't understand so badly that you didn't really know I don't think I understood, but what I would say if both my mum and Juliet, her twin, is they both kept my granddad alive afterwards. So he's the relative that they were closest to. They, my mum didn't have any relationship with her mother since she was 14, and my, but my auntie Juliet did, but she was very much like her dad. So right. he was such an important figure that all throughout my development afterwards, so actually it's the healthiest way of grieving ever because every year of my progression his input was there through them mm. so they were very much like, like I remember even picking my GCSE topics which was three years later and being told like you had this kind of strength that you're like granddad in this and I remember 
every time something good happens to me, I'm told, Granddad would be so proud of you. Wow. Like, oh, isn't that really, like doing an English degree? Oh, I wish your granddad was here to talk to you about this. He would have loved this. Yeah. Show me your reading this. Oh, can you imagine it? Like, it was, it's always been that about him. Wow. And then, which I think is how our kind of family understands itself, don't they? They, they like to see the replications and the patterns. Definitely, in, yeah. Oh, that's how we know we're related. Yeah. And so, and also I feel like when I, well, I always knew that I loved reading, but when I decided I was going to write a book in the, like, in the last year, such a big part of me was like, right, I'm not going to throw it in the fire, no matter how shit it is. We're just going to get through this next cycle, the next generation. Like, here we go. Like, something started with my granddad yeah. that I really felt like then came through to me and was kind of passed on with all the, also this kind of awareness of it being difficult. Yeah. yeah. That's really nice that you felt, I'm not going to throw this one in the fire. Yeah. That's an incredible, I guess that's a very incredible that is almost Tolstoy-esque yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the level of drama that that yeah. has like a man a hundred years ago or you know yes. yeah. two generations ago can't cope with the yes. rejection but that's the thing but also it's knowing that people's sadness about him throwing the book in the fire wasn't about the quality of the book as well it was his book yeah, wasn't it it was yeah. like he did it that was yours Yeah. and I think that's what you can see when something's a bit further away that's yeah. the big one we always have about creativity that mm. we, we both constantly discuss about is yes. that it's not about whether it's good, it's just that you want to do it. Yeah. And it's it's sad, isn't it? I think it's interesting that it's a man. Mm. I don't know why, but I suppose because I think we talk a lot about women and women being insecure, yeah. that a man felt like he... Well, I think um, when, when you talk about masculine and feminine traits, um, and obviously they're huge sweeping things and people disagree, but my granddad was very sensitive, so his kind of philandering and his leaving all that guilt and angst in a way, and all the cakes. That <laughs> cheesecake. I think um, sometimes people react to, to sensitivity in different ways yeah. and, and, so, and sometimes they feel that, that that's crumbling inwards rather than a macho outwardness so my granddad really loved my dad and when he was really sick the one time we saw him jump out of his chair was when he heard my dad's voice kind of coming wow. to pick us up they used to cook together oh he, he taught, my dad still says that my granddad taught him to cook when he's those two years when they lived there oh my god and it's because they're both kind of like these girly men yeah like these lovely <laughs> I see another soft, girly man soft girly man yeah how long were you sad for do you think like do you remember or did it just kind of fade I don't think it's faded because my mum's still so sad. Oh, really? Yeah, and so there's kind of, I guess, the tragedy in our family, and it's not a tragedy in terms of the, 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 the yeah. worldwide scope, but it's that, you know, it is that thing of um, people not attaining what they could have done. Mm. So my granddad was this really, really bright person who fought in a war when he, when he was young, and that interrupted, and... I guess was undermined by a low self-confidence mm. to maybe to, to not achieve what, what he dreamed of achieving and then he gave he his children so my mum and her two sisters there's other uh, children but they weren't um, brought up together or they're not got the same parents so my mum's got seven siblings in total but the three of them have the same parents and they all are very creative in different ways and particularly my auntie Juliet and had the same thing no self-belief mm kind of scared of the world didn't want to do things and how old why... were they when he died my mum must have been 31 oh, okay so like yeah younger than me now yeah 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 but still young yeah still young definitely mm. what do you think about that time now of you being at that new school and your granddad yes. dying and I remember I didn't know what to believe about life after death. Oh, yeah. So this is the thing. So that's why I think it's very moving. So when he said, when as I left the hotel room and I was really crying, and I was crying because my mum had said to me in the corridor, my mum is very blunt, you're not going to see your granddad again, granddad's dying. Go in, Essex bluntness. Go in, yeah. kiss him, say goodbye. 
kiss him. I didn't want to kiss him. It's your last chance. Go in. And I remember being very shy and like like we're right in the corner of the room, like behind grown ups. Oh yeah. And him like look, he's looking for my eyes. And so when he said, I'll be there to watch you at football next week, oh. I knew he was saying, I'll be floating above you, like yeah, whatever, yeah. you know that I'm gonna be there. And so that that was a real thinker for me because I um I'd gone through this religious phase to annoy my parents. and um and so Cheryl and I started going to Sunday school and we started reading the Bible. So I was aware of like the concept of life after death. I knew my dad definitely didn't believe in it. Like my dad was very much like, it's a fairy story. Yeah. Nothing happens when you die and that's fine. Mm. And then my mum, because granddad was dying, wasn't quite as abrupt to it. But I remember thinking, yeah. like, I need to decide what I think. Can I talk to... Because my mum would say, you can talk to granddad still or he can see you and the idea of someone seeing you is very difficult oh it's really creepy yeah because especially as a teenager a child you're like well can they see me on the toilet yeah Yeah. (laughs) on the toilet in the bath granddad get out of here yeah yeah and so and so it's those kind of questions and the kind of questions when someone else is really grieving you don't feel like you can ask so I remember kind of working out for myself like I was naughty all the time and I lied all the time so the idea that someone knew was really troubling so I had to decide no he can't oh so you were naughty pre him dying anyway yeah, the sun yeah. can do what it likes. <laughs> Stop calling yourself the sun king. <laughs> I know, I like it now. Louis. <laughs> yes, like um, yeah, so I was really, really naughty beforehand. And sometimes I would have different paranoias. I've told you before, I had. I thought for a while my mum was secretly filming me. So oh, I used yeah. to steal money. I steal money from everyone's house. My mum's house, all of my relatives' houses. Yeah. Um, including Gaynor's. So, so <laughs> no wonder she's so cross with you. Two sides to every story. <laughs> yeah. I used to steal makeup. From my aunties, I um, couldn't steal clothes, I had nowhere to put them. Stole from shops, got money out of my mum's cash point with that time hair. Oh my god. Bought stuff, like I bought a cat and I bought a ten- <laughs> the most ink, the most conspicuous gift to buy. Yeah, Where'd you get the money for that, Sarah? I, was, I told her I'd found it and the money had flown away. Great. Yeah, so just Classic. one of those watertight. <laughs> now, son knows his stories. <laughs> yeah. So the idea that someone could see me was really troubling. So then you decided... I would, I would have had to have changed my behaviour oh. or go, no, people, so, people, people can't see you. So rather than change your behaviour, you decided, lost your face. I decided, no, I, what I realised was, this is how they make people be good, because um. they make you think people are watching, and that's religion. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not going to fall for that. That's incredible at 12 to be like, guys, yeah. we've got it figured. Yeah. This is how they're controlling us. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, what did you think had happened then? Did you just think he's gone and that's it? Yeah, that he was, because uh, he'd been cremated and knew there was ashes and then the ashes were taken to Cornwall and thrown out in places we wanted to go. Oh yeah, we'd gone on this holiday when he was sick, but before he died, we'd gone to Cornwall and like gone on all these long walks. And I had decided at that point at 11, I was going to be a supermodel. And it's a shame because I've ruined all of the photographs of this last holiday because... (laughs) I'll show you the one day. So I started layering clothes because I thought that was fashion. So I'd put on loads of things at once. It'd be like trousers (laughs) with shorts with a skirt. (laughs) And then I started tie-dyeing clothes, but with bleach. So just bleach so I'd get like a T-shirt that I liked and I didn't understand. The tying bit. I also thought my hair would go brown if I put loads of mousse on it. So I'd empty all of my mum's mousse onto my hair. And try because I'd make it go brown and shiny, but it would just be blonde still and like all crusty. <laughs> and then what I would do, as my dying granddad and my mum and my sisters were like, just about having this like photograph in front of the seat, I'd be on a rock behind them, like doing a lunge. <laughs> I was going, serving <laughs> rock realness. <laughs> rock realness. I was really obsessed with the Timothy advert. Oh, at the yeah, time, the lovely of course. Hair, yeah. So I was going down to the stream of plastic bottles to get water to wash my hair. <laughs> Can you believe it? 
That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I like that you carried on putting the mousse. You didn't think, oh, I did it once, didn't work. No, I thought I, was, I thought it would be enough. The sun thought, more, I can yeah. change this. I know, but I think, do you, you know how that real susceptibility thing? I would see a picture in a magazine and I wouldn't understand I couldn't make myself look like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. do remember thinking, well, you that's think how I'd like to If I stare enough, if I wish enough, just keep doing this thing. Yeah. Make fun of me when I was doing that Timothee, the, the hair washing thing. Well, he sounds like he knew he had a good sense of humour. <laughs> also, um, Christina's hair got eaten by a goat and she was stuck in its mouth. <laughs> and um, we took pictures <laughs> rather than saving her. It's yeah. really funny. I mean, obviously you have to answer this slightly, but do you still do you still think of him? Is he still very present in your life yes, now? Yeah, he really is. Because people stay to the age that they were. Yeah. So actually, he doesn't seem that much old and even though he's frozen there we've got lots of pictures of him up and lots of drawings that he did he loved London so lots of the pictures my mum has that he drew are so before it was pedestrianised like the front of the National Gallery oh yeah I remember that so quite often in London and when we used to tour guide I used to think about it often like isn't it weird how he was so in love with London wow and then so again you feel like it's such a shame that there's because you know when you're a child and you're just tired of walking around yeah yeah and you get really exhausted oh he took me to ballet once he and Gaynor took me to see something at the the one that's got a little ball on the Charing Cross. The ENO, yeah. ENO. The Coliseum, and sorry. It was Coliseum. the most boring thing. <laughs> and I fell asleep and had to pretend I'd fainted. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd fainted at the British Museum. <laughs> which was the first time I ever fainted, just hearing about Egyptology. <laughs> so you, was it a fake faint at the British Museum? No, no, that was my real faint. That was a real faint, yeah. just out of sheer boredom you fainted. I, noticed, I think it was very, I think it was a very popular day and oh, it was okay. very hot. <laughs> it was all a bit, bit much. And then the ballet you said. Ballet, I fell asleep on the velvet and I had to say that I'd fainted. Was he cool about that? Do you think he I believed you? I think it was all gain or, I don't know actually. I think I got ice cream in the interval. I remember that bit being good, but I literally couldn't understand what I was supposed to be looking at. But looking back, it was such a generous thing for them to yeah, do, yeah. to try and take me to something and show me, me something of their world. Yeah, of course. Mm. But it's it's that thing of adults wanting to share things with people who aren't quite ready. Yeah. But I think it's still it's still a good influence. Mm. It's still like, you probably did get stuff out of it. Yeah. Even though you well, absolutely, because that's the thing. Like Later on, when you look at the fact that you come from a working class background, but you thought that arts was achievable yeah, for you, and yeah. you go, oh, those things early on, yeah. a huge difference. My brother and I got taken to the ballet and a, a dancer injured himself. And, was really... and your brother had to go on. <laughs> <laughs> we insisted. Yeah. He knew the words. Yeah, it's like the fantasy. He had white tights mm. and uh, mm. this blood patch just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the only thing we could talk about. We were like losing our shit. Oh, of course. We were like, Mom, look, he's stressed. Mom, look, he's stressed. She was like, just ignore it. He's playing. Oh, my God. And he carried on oh, dancing. Wow. And I, in my mind, he danced for two hours. with, but He obviously didn't. Yes. It was like one dance. And yeah. I'm sure he went and got changed. Something had happened, but we were like, oh and afterwards we he had, got his period. Yeah, he literally got his period. <laughs> he had that experience that most women yes. absolutely dread. Mm. It was on his leg, and it just was blooming, like oh. literally up his leg. What do you think he would say now about your career? Well, that's the thing. Is it he could be all judgy and he critical? Be, yeah, that's the thing. So for all of the stuff like, oh, Granddad would be so proud, or yeah, you've done, he, you've done what Granddad would have wanted to do. Yeah. Like you made it happen. He could You've also a feminist like, book about your body. Yeah. Or he could just be like, um, I've commented underneath your Guardian article. You've got well wrong on a couple of points, and uh, actually, people are doing like he could be like that, couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What do I you mean, think? oh, he'd have hated that I was a vegan. Oh, would he? Oh, yeah. He'd have been. He'd have been like, get out of my house. <laughs> get out of my. Especially if you liked cooking. People oh, like loved cooking, cooking. Hate vegans. Loved cooking meat. Loved going to the butchers. Like proper. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He would have because I'd just become vegetarian when I was seven. That was very much frowned upon. Veganism would have been, you can't eat cream. Did he discuss it with you, the vegetarianism, or was it just like, oh, Sarah's oh, being so weird? She was being silly. Being silly. Being silly, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
what would you want to say to him? Would you feel like there's anything you'd want to say? What would I want to say? I think... I really wish he'd been around more for my mum. Like, so my yeah. mum, my mum's life, and the times when my mum's life was hard, um, which didn't stop, like, after my dad left. She didn't meet another person. She didn't have a, another secure marriage. I really wish for my mum that she'd had her dad there at some times. Yeah. And, um, and then I guess when there's another generation, because my sisters have had children, mm. then everything kind of comes up again, because you always... And my mum also, so the, the big thing is that my mum... Uh, had uh, has two siblings were adopted twin boys and they are his children who he ne- never met oh so those are the children yes yeah, so it's paul and michael so one of them's named wow. after him wow and my mum's my nan's name's pauline so she named him after both of them wow and um so that whole process where my mum was finding her adopted brothers mm. was very much about trying to unlock that little part of her mum and dad's yeah. history so what had happened was their dad had left their mum i don't think they were ever married and she, um, she'd been signed off work um, for mental health problems and she wasn't taking very good care of the, the children. And so the dad had come back to visit her like a couple of times and basically just had sex with her and got pregnant again. Oh my God. And she didn't want... She, she told Michael, the granddad, that um, they were black man's, that she'd had sex with a black man. Oh and uh, obviously this is a very, very olden days. <laughs> and this, that was an Irish Catholic woman's way of hurting him. <laughs> wow, yes. that's incredible. Yeah, so she was being spiteful. And so my mum and her sisters were always told they had that they were a black man's children. So they, they didn't think they were full brothers. They no, thought they were like half, half brothers. brothers. Half brothers that their mother had decided to give up. It wasn't until they tracked them down and they looked so much like, well, especially... Michael looks so much like Grandad and so much, much like my Auntie Julie and then and Paul is the spitting image of my mum and the mum's side it's really odd how they're both kind of yeah one of split. each yeah that's incredible so she had two sets of twins and she yes. kept the girls and she gave away yeah. the boys because yes. it was after he'd the yeah. husband because she had uh, she had Claire then she had my mum and Juliet then 18 months later Mickey and then 18 months later these other set of twins <gasps> so it's all within five years yeah Irish Irish Catholic fertility oh my god can you mm. even um, get your head round what this, like, and a, and a woman we can't emotionally own. deal with our yeah, lives a now. woman on her own in a time that legally you couldn't be uh, sign your own tenancy agreement as a woman and she wasn't married to him either no that was quite shocking at the time yeah. then it must have been quite like a scandal that mm. she'd had those kids and not been married yeah, to him. I don't think that she had any friends so like, I don't think there was a society to be scandalised yeah, by I think yeah. she was very isolated oh my god yeah. so she gave up the boys Yes, gave up the boys, and then she married another. She, then she got married, to, and then had another child. She loved yeah. to have kids. She did love to have kids. <laughs> How many kids did she have in total? Then? Seven. <sighs> yeah. My dad's one of nine. Oh my That's goodness! More. It's only our generation where people stop having children. <laughs> I'm just trying to balance it out with my nun. <laughs> my granddad is one of seven. Yeah. And yeah, it's like it means you have such an extended family. Yeah, there's such it? an yeah. extended family. Well, we talked a lot about Michael yes. Newmarch. What yes. a fascinating man. How do you feel about your own death? Oh, um, <laughs> Just a light question to end on. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Do because, you think about it? Yeah, I do think about it. Particularly, the two people I probably love most in the world, my mum and my boyfriend, are both obsessed with their own death. I would say. Oh, really? Like, they, like to, they like to think about their death in a way, like they plan their own funeral. Like John the other day, it's not just like the... F- a two-hour playlist of Queen B sides <laughs> that he's combined. Like, and it's on his computer. And it's funeral playlist already. Oh, he's actually done a funeral playlist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wow. He also 
gave me and he said oh, I've got some stuff for you for my funeral and it's which of his ex-girlfriends to be nice to as in like who's going to be hit the hardest by this that is incredible yes okay is he doing that for stand-up material or no. is he really doing no he's that? really doing it um, wow. so, so I think but I don't have that kind of death like I don't want any control over the day I guess and it's probably wrong it's very naive I think there are certain things that if I found out they were wrong with me mm. I would want to take control over it yeah and I think I, I assume those sometimes that very much changes for people when they're in that situation yeah of course but I kind of believe that because this is the only bit you're alive for, it doesn't really exist without you. And again, it comes back to being very arrogant very. about myself. <laughs> I do think the world stops when I can't see it. Yeah, I can, I can, I know you think that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you think that. Like, that's yeah. it. And so, and so I don't really think too much about, I have like, do you know you have that sometimes where I've been like on my bicycle and I think, if I got knocked off my bike, when, when my drunk history comes out, are they going to put, like, in dedication <laughs> to Sarah Pasca at the end? Do you see what I mean? So I sometimes think, like, what would it be like? Imagine the paper. I mean, am I successful enough that I'd be in the Metro? Like, <laughs> I think you'd be in the Metro, definitely. Start of 2012 and live at the Apollo. <laughs> fell in front of the tube today. Like, I mean, and I'm at that point where it would be, like, hadn't reached her potential. So mm. sometimes I think, like, but what if I have? What if it's all downhill? It's good you've got the book out. Books, book sales, but book sales book would go sales. through the yeah, roof. I know, and that's the other thing. You think, what about if posthumously I'm very successful? <laughs> I'm like, they're I like, you hey, hate that. You know, she sold no paintings in her lifetime, yeah. but after she was dead, her collage of drama school rejections. <laughs> I'd feel for you because if that did happen, I'd I'd tell people she'd hated this. She'd wanted it think? to be in her lifetime. No, I don't. I don't think. No, I, I think, think you would have enjoyed it more in your lifetime. Yeah. But I'm not. I think if I was like really, really struggling in poverty, then yes. But no, I've had enough. I think about two or three years ago I stopped being really scared on planes and it came out of you know you have to have kind of check your mortality for a second and you get a little bit emotional and then you're so relieved when you land but but now what happens is I go do you know what so much stuff has happened I didn't think would happen so many things that I wanted I have then got the part of me is like hey if this is the tax (laughs) if dying on a plane and being in the metro is the tax (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the dedicating a drunk history I think they dedicate the series to you do you think the whole series in, to, surely. in remembrance you can just, you, you can <laughs> just do one episode uh, that was only filmed for a day <laughs> that's interesting yeah. So, yeah, what about well, you though I don't think about it at all in terms of funeral at all no. I don't have that at all my dad interestingly used to talk and this is yes, really bad yeah. used to regularly talk about it could we remember what he said <gasps> no oh no so the advice is listen yeah <laughs> listen I, to the I person would definitely yeah. recommend it. if a parent yeah. has told you write it down well, no but my mum's stuff is more like your dad ain't coming <laughs> <laughs> and I remember saying to her but and this is years ago and they actually yeah. get on much better now yeah. since my sisters have had children but um, she used to go if there's one thing your dad's not coming, right? And I was like, but don't you think on the day, We'd that's the him. one person we would want to be yeah. there, the one person who has exactly the same memories as us live the life with you? She's like, no, 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 no. no after what but did. also, like, that is her way of making that day really hurtful for people. A bit like her mum, like, finding this way. <laughs> I've been like, there you go, mate. My mum, my we did remember some of it, but I... So you I, knew it was going to be a humanist ceremony and things like that? It wasn't humanist. Wasn't it humanist? No. Oh. No, it was in a church. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was in a church. But it was a church that we went to a lot because they it was very church of england we mm. they we went to church at christmas and easter and stuff so and it was a reverend who was friends with my grandpa mm. who did the marriage for judy garland and was not rather trained actor oh lovely he was the best vicar i've ever been yeah. to you wanted a sermon yeah reverend peter delaney guys yeah <laughs> 
he was then Bishop of London and now oh. he's retired but yeah, yeah he was like incredible and he was in the city because that's mm. my you know, we, my grandpa was very attached to his yes. church I mean it wasn't like it It wasn't particularly yeah, heavy, heavy religion, high yeah. church but it wasn't a church and, and then we had a cremation afterwards but it was we sang Jerusalem I remember that mm. and played Frank Zappa and, oh yeah I remember saying that yeah. Frank Zappa and, um, and so he would have wanted Frank Zappa. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah. But I, I have a really vivid memory of being in the car with him, yeah. right? And the track coming on and him going, carry on. Yeah. I want this paid at my funeral. And me literally being about being like, yeah, yeah. Like, ah. sure. And I remember afterwards being like, what was oh, that what was fucking track? But he was yeah. so into music and he did yes. ask for that Frank Zappa from my mum. Yes. So I think my mum dealt with things. Yeah. And obviously I was very young. So you sort of think, well, fair and enough. And also your dad was sick. He yeah. presumably, important stuff, knew that he would have to yeah. tell people. Well, no, no, because he was sick, but he was in complete denial. Oh, was he? Yeah. The whole time he was like, oh. be out here next week, so we need oh, really? to go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Out here next week, we're going to go, we're going on a holiday, we're going to do this. Oh, great. So there was a lot of like, my yeah. mum literally had to beg him at one point to say, what do you want? Because mm. she was like, well, you just tell me what you want. So yes. he talked about it before when he mm. wasn't sick. Yeah. He'd be like, I want that played at my funeral. But when he was sick, it was like, it's yeah. not happening. I'm not, this isn't going to yeah. happen. So yeah, I would advise... I mean, just remember where John's put that playlist. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's called Funeral Playlist. He also, but for other people, he's got songs that he's planning to sing. Oh, Jesus. So he'll say, like, so, so my, that's my memory of John. It's like, so the song will come on, he'll be like, I'm going to sing that at, insert names here's funeral. <laughs> like, has, he, has he asked them? Do they, do they want him to No, sing? it's more about what it means to him. Right, yeah. 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 Another son. You were going yes. out with another son, yeah. which is, uh, yeah. it's good there's two sons. Yeah. Well, Sarah Pascoe, on that note... Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was a very cheerful grief cast. You can follow Sarah on Twitter at Sarah Pascoe, no H, or you can buy her amazing book, Animal, which is out now at all good bookstores. She also has her own website, sarahpascoe.com, where you can find out where you can see her live. I would recommend that a lot. Thank you for listening to Griefcast. I've been Cariad Lloyd. You can find me on Twitter at Lady Cariad, or you can tweet at the Griefcast or email me thegriefcast at gmail.com Music is provided by The Glue Ensemble and you can find them at thegluensemble.com Thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.